This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Because of our teaching and uh, starting the teaching in Ezra, the book of Ezra, chapter 7. And we know in our previous three, well this will be our third teaching, our previous two teachings, God was about to restore Jerusalem. He was using Nehemiah to build the walls of the city and he wanted to use Ezra to restore worship and rebuild the temple. And in verse 6, speaking of Ezra, in chapter 7, verse 6, it says, This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe, I just love that, in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given, and the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. Ezra was ready to be used by God. I love this. I, I, I love the ready scribe because that's what God is doing with us right now in our preparation. He's making us ready. In other words, God was ready to use and to move and Ezra was ready to be used. And, and it tells you why, how he was ready to be used in verse 10. It says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the laws of the Lord and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. So it says, Ezra prepared his heart. Now that's what God has been dealing with us about in the last two sections and right now. He's dealing with us about our heart, because preparation must begin there. It's not going to start anywhere else. You're not going to say, okay, I'm ready to get into it. Not if your heart is not right. God is dealing with us specifically about our heart. We saw Ezra said he prepared his heart. There's a difference in just being prepared and preparing your heart. God is causing us and calling us to prepare our heart. The thing that this thing that made uh, uh, Ezra ready was that his heart had been prepared. Church, before God moves, there is always a time of preparation. We have learned that preparation is a choice. We also have learned that we have to choose to be prepared. You have to choose to be in a position where God can use you. You have to choose that. It's not automatic. It's not just going to fall off of you. It's not going to be because you were the pastor's son or you were the minister's son or a minister's daughter. Or because... It's not just going to fall off you. You've got to prepare yourself. You have to put yourself in position for God to use you. Are you following me? Now, we learn that preparation is the unseen work that produces seen results. It's the unseen work that produces seen results. We have also learned that we have to, what, uh, we learned that we have to do the unseen work that nobody sees to prepare our hearts. We got to do the things that nobody sees, that only you and God knows about. You have to do that First of all, to prepare your heart. If we want to be used by God, you're going to have to do the unseen works. In other words, we have to do the works in places where nobody can see but God. 
Then I told you that the intentions of this teaching is to challenge our heart condition, to make us recognize that our hearts are in the wrong or right place. It is to cause you to start, begin to look and see, okay, what is the condition of my heart? Because sometimes you could think that your heart is right and lessons and teachings like this will show you where your heart is not right. And then you have to recognize it and you have to make the change. And I told you that in this intent, I want to ensure that this church is prepared to be used by God. The next move of God, we must be prepared to be used by God. I want to make sure that as a church, that we have a heart condi- our heart conditions toward God, that we have a good heart so that we can restore this next generation. So we can. The ones you're seeing up here and the ones that are stepping in position and the ones that we need to be able to have a good heart so that we can help restore them. Those that are in this, in this congregation and others that are not in this congregation that have fallen by the wayside, we must be able to minister to them to restore them to back to where they need to be. Amen? And then we said that we have to have the proper heart condition to establish this church. And that we have to have a proper heart condition to leave resources in the earth for future generations. For for when we're off the planet, let me tell you, if it's one thing's for sure, everybody in here one day is, is is not going to be here. And so we need to make plans for when I am gone, something is established. But see, we all live for the here and now, and right here and right now. And when right here and right now is gone, and when the back end comes, you're not going to have anything because you didn't plan for it. You didn't plan to understand, I need to make sure that everything is in place so that when I'm not here, see, uh, uh, insurance policy, they run out. Let me tell you, you might get some money and everything, but let me tell you, you're pretty much a bad steward, so you won't keep it. It'll just fly out the door. Uh, uh, insurance policy is just that. It's an insurance policy, but it's not going to keep you holy. As a matter of fact, it might keep, make you run from being holy into something else. So you don't want to get off and thinking, well, as long as I leave them something to live, well, they're going to live just like you. And they're going to blow all the money just like you. They're going to do all of that. So you've got to leave them more than just an insurance policy. You, gotta, you, you want to say, I want to make sure that my children are not found. Because, see, the world is getting more and more wicked. I want to make sure that this church stays in place that I know is teaching sound doctrine so my children won't get caught up in a bunch of foolishness that's going to be out there and that's even out there now. And you have to plan that now. You have to plan that now and say, oh, no, i got to make sure that this place is standing. And, and whether I see them here or not, or whether I, I, it doesn't matter. When I'm gone, I want to know that it's standing and it's established. Amen? We also learn that it is our heart uh, that, oh, that if our heart is not right, we will not prepare. Now, if you're not a person in preparation, it's probably because your heart is not right. A person with not a good or a right heart will not prepare. Listen, if your heart is not right about something, you're not going to be ready for what God is doing. You're not. You're not going to be ready. If your heart is not right, now you know what? You won't be able to work on those that need restoring. You need to be restored. 
Are you following me? Church, if our hearts are not right, we will not manifest the love of God. And I said all that to say this. If our heart is not right, God simply cannot and will not use you. It's just that simple. And I don't care how many times you darken this door. I don't care how many times you say you love God. If your heart is not right, God is not going to use you. I don't care how many churches you quit and go to another one. If your heart's not right, He's not going to use you there either. The purpose of this teaching is for us to focus on the work that is at hand and that's coming. And, and the, the unseen work, we've got to prepare it. In our heart, prepare the unseen work we need to do so we can prepare our heart. Why? For the work of this ministry. For the work in our lives so that we can move forward. Now, this is not a message about looking at your neighbor. This is not a a message about looking at your spouse or looking at your children or looking at anyone. This this, series of teaching is a message about looking and taking a self-examination of just you. So right now, a mirror should be on this side of you, a mirror should be on this side of you, and a mirror should be in front of you. So you can't look over and think it's so-and-so. No, when you look over, you see, oh, he's still talking about me. He's still talking about me. This is not about trying to figure it out for someone else. This message is for you if you're here. Amen? Now, let's look on the inside and deal with the things that are on the inside of us. See, let's, let's not look on us, because everybody in here right now look holy. And all of you look saved, sanctified, filled. All of you look that. But that's not what God is going to deal with. God said, we're going to deal with the inside that nobody sees but me. Because every, every one of us in here, we show people what we want them to see. But on the inside, God knows it all. And that's all that God is dealing with. Is that on the inside? Are, we, are you following me? Uh, please follow me because this is going to get interesting. I'm just still reviewing right now. Amen. So God wants to deal with everything on the inside of us so that we will not hinder the work that he's doing in our own lives and in this ministry. Because whether you believe it or not or whether you know it or not, when you are all in trouble and all messed up, and all the, it affects this ministry if you belong here because we walk as one. So it affects everything. So God said, let's begin to work on the inside of you so that it won't hinder my work and it won't hinder you so that you can walk appropriately. Amen? For every one of us, there are things on the inside of everyone. I'm not excluded. No one is excluded. Please understand this. I don't care how holy everybody looks. I don't care how holy the, their children look. Or Everybody in here, everybody say everybody. Everybody have things on the inside that only God and them know. Every one of us in here. Oh no, I don't. Now you just lied. So now you just gonna need prayer. We can come up here and I can lay hands on you, lay hands on you for that lie. Because everyone in here under the sun. Now, now listen. I don't know you personally, so I don't know. I'm just saying what God says. God said everyone in there has something on the inside that only me and them know. 
Yeah, husband, don't go home tell me, what is it? Don't do it. Then I'll tell you that this message is not for you, for you to try to figure out nobody else. It's just you. It's just you. Because they can turn right around and ask you the same thing. Because God said every one of us. That only you and him know. Are you following me? So, because of that, we understand that we have to depend on God. We want God to deal with us on the inside. So we won't hinder what God is doing in our lives and what God is doing in this ministry. We want to make sure that we don't hinder the work of God and His will for our lives. And His will for this ministry. Amen? Church, there are so many people that are hurting, struggling, so many people in this ministry and period and people that, that don't belong to this ministry that are without hope. we got to be that light. And those that are in this ministry and out of this ministry that's losing hope. God is looking for a people and a church that can heal those type of people that are hurting. A people, when they come in as a church, we can help them. If they come to you individual, God said, I need your heart right so that you can help heal their hurts. Listen what he didn't say. He didn't say, I don't need you to judge them. I don't need you to condemn them. Whatever they're coming to you for. Whatever they want to talk about. You know what? If they're hurting, God said, I want you all to literally be a hospital. As a ministry that they can come into and say, you know what? I went there and I was healed. I was healed just by the love they showed. Their heart was seen. I was healed when I walked in that place. Not, and not that I felt anything goosebumps, but you know what? Just a healing walk. Because why? God has dealt on the inside of us. And now we can walk appropriately. We can walk with that love. And we can walk with the power of God. Because let me tell you, when that, when you have a right heart, God, I'm telling you, He showers down on you power. Power. Where you speak it in the Word and before it hits the ground, it's done. But you have to have a right heart. Are you following me? I said a right heart. And when people come in and they have broken hearts, God can heal them. We need to let them know. God can heal your wounds. God can heal your scars. That life, just life has caused you with a heart condition. And so now, because I've been there, I've had a heart condition, and I understand, and there's different things, just different blows that you've taken, that, and it has caught you, but I want you to know healing, the healing uh, uh, balm of Gilead is here. Are you with me? Now, if we're going to do this, we have to prepare our hearts in different ways. We said that we have to learn how to restore our hearts. And that was our first lesson, how to restore our hearts. And, that, um, and I love that. In, in, in that, God was teaching us how we must rebuild, how we must repair our hearts. Because there are hurt things on the inside of us. And God said, you need to be repaired. No, you, know, you know, you could be in a church five years, ten years, fifteen years, and have never, ever dealt with some things that are in your heart. You have been here 20 years and have never dealt with things that are in your heart. And God said, it's time. You need to deal with that in your heart. It's time right now. And especially in the time of the fast, God will deal with you. 
So, so a lot of times we have been damaged and we have not, you know, we, we have, this is hard work that we have to do in dealing with what's going on on the inside of it. It is hard work. But those things are going to deal with our hearts. And we're going to, our heart is going to change when we allow God to do it. Now, you know you have to, have to, uh, to prepare your heart, your heart. We said that your heart has to be healed. See, because remember, we're under preparation for the next move of God. And he's already began to move. And, and so the, we said that your heart must be healed. Listen, when you have been hurt, and all of us have, you have to be healed. You have to be healed in order to heal others. You have to first be healed yourself. And then we said, in, in, in order for you to be healed of that and your heart to change, we said you have to forgive. Oh, we, you know, that word is, 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 is a strong word for those that don't want to do it. But God said you have to forgive. Then we said your heart has to be cleansed. We're not going to go back over that. We discussed those in earlier teachings. Then we said your heart had to be cleansed. The only way our hearts is to be cleansed if we said that you have to repent. Then the cleansing take place. Then the cleansing take place. We have to repent from all of the junk and the garbage that we have allowed to come in our hearts. There's plenty of junk and garbage that we have allowed to come in. And it's there. And it's sitting there. And you're wondering why things are not working out. You're wondering why things are always a problem and situation. It's because of junk and garbage that are in your heart. And God said, it's time for you to let me cleanse it so that you can move forward. We also learn that if our hearts are going to be prepared, we have to guard our hearts. That's very important. You have to guard your heart. We said guard what you see. Guard what you hear. Guard what... You know, you really have to guard your mouth. Guard where your feet take you. And we said you had to, you had to understand and, and be very aware of your hands. Most sins are committed with the hands. Watch where your feet carry you. That's guarding your heart. You have, you have the responsibility of making sure that nothing gets in that's going to sit on your heart and cause you to have a wrong heart. Amen? Because when you do that, that there's going to be a problem. There, do I have a... Oh, I don't have a handkerchief up here, huh? But whenever you do that, you're gonna have your heart is going to be troubled. It's going to have a problem. Amen. And let me tell you something: when God cleans you, if you can't keep trash and garbage and all of that stuff out of your heart, it's gonna be right back. It's gonna come right back in. I want to know how do you think that your heart can ever be healed if you keep putting contaminants in? It will never be healed. If you keep, all of a sudden, you keep putting stuff in that you know don't belong there. You keep taking your eyes and looking at stuff you know you shouldn't be looking at. And you think that you're going to have a clean heart, you won't. You can't keep putting that kind of stuff in and think that it's going to change something. Because it's not. It's not going to change it. Amen? We learned that if you don't change your heart, your heart can become hardened. And you don't want anything that doesn't glorify God to become hardened on, on the inside of you. And it will do that if you don't have, if you don't let it be cleansed. If it's not cleansed, thank you. 
we, we, we need to make sure that when it's not cleansed, that all of that is going to come on the inside of your heart. We have to make sure that we see and recognize. I can't let anything, any contaminants come in. I stop it right there. When I'm around it and people are trying to, I know how to remove. You know what? I know how to remove myself from any place that's not, not, that's not gonna, gonna increase me, not gonna take me where God needs me to be. I know how to remove myself. Don't act like, well, I was just sitting there. I just didn't. You could got up and walked away. See, 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 we want to use that as an excuse because you want to be around that. No, you just get up. You know how to excuse yourself. You, it's amazing how we know how to do all of that for any type of foolishness. But when it comes to the things of God, well, I didn't want to feel seen rude. But you know what? You've been rude before. You know when to be rude. But now all of a sudden when it comes to walking in the things that are righteous, you can't be rude. No, let's call it what it is. You want that junk in your heart, that garbage in your heart is going to contaminate you. And you're going to stay with that kind of heart, a bad one. Amen? We learn that if you don't change your heart, your heart can become hardened. And, you, and, and anything that doesn't glorify God in a hardened heart uh, uh, cannot becomes hardened on the inside of you. It's going to be hardened. Hard to get rid of. Hard to chisel away. Got to jackhammer all of that junk out. And when you jackhammering, it takes time. We also learn that a heart is changed, a heart is changed through correction. And one of my new favorite statements for C-O-L-W, and I want everybody, this to be our new favorite statement. Write it down, and you probably wrote it down last week, because it is, it is uh, or a couple of weeks or whenever. But when, this is our new statement. When correction comes, it's because I am wrong. When correction comes, it's because I'm wrong. Period. Again, it doesn't mean that you have a bad heart when correction comes. It just simply means you're wrong. But you have to recognize that, God, you're correcting me. When correction comes, it's because I'm wrong. The reason why that it hurts us when correction comes, I'm going to tell you why it hurts you so. You don't, and why you don't want to receive it when correction comes, because at the time you thought you were right. So I don't want to receive that that was wrong now. Because I've been thinking I was right for this long. Don't come telling me I'm wrong. So I don't want to receive it. And I guarantee you, if God is sure telling you that you're wrong, it's not like he was waiting and letting you be wrong all the time. He's been telling you all along. But you have ignored it. And so now he's telling you just like this. You're getting corrected because you are wrong. Because God will never just let you just walk around and be in the wrong. But he said, you still are not listening. You are wrong. If you are being corrected, you are wrong. Don't look at the vessel because then you're going to think, I'm trying to tell you you're wrong. I, listen, what you do with your life has no business of mine. You do what you want to do. But God himself is concerned and I'm just a vessel. But as long as you think that it's me talking to you, you're going to always have a wrong heart. Always. And you're going to always be in error. Always. Again, it doesn't mean that you are bad, have a bad heart because you are being corrected. It just simply means you were wrong. But see, again, because you thought what you were doing was right. 
doesn't make it right if God is correcting you. It means it's simply wrong. See, before God corrected you, you thought you were doing what God wanted you to do. Hmm. Or you would suppose God wa- or what you thought God wanted you to do and or what you thought you were supposed to do. And then God tells you through someone that you're wrong. If that just doesn't settle all the time. It's like, no, no, I don't believe that. This has been going on. I ain't trying to hear that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And sometimes you may not even say nothing. Out loud. Not out loud. But you kind of say it under your breath. Mm-hmm. And we even do that with God. God corrects him. It's simply because you thought you were right. Don't act like you've never murmured to God. Well, I don't know about all of that. And, you know, we go try to get scriptures to line it up with it and all that kind of stuff and try to, you know, just make it right. Then we said correction comes in three ways. Through the Word, by the Holy Spirit, and through authority. We said in three ways. By the Word, by the Holy, through the Word, by the Holy Spirit, and through authority. We learned last week that we must allow the Word of God to change our hearts. That is, I have to allow the Word of God to remain in my heart, to penetrate in, within, into my heart. Now, if you don't let the Word do that, you're never going to change. You gotta let it remain in your heart and you gotta let it penetrate. Because some places, some hard places, you gotta let it penetrate into your heart. You have to let the Word of God take priority in your heart. Say, this is first. And I have to let the Word of God stay in my heart long enough for it to bear fruit. We talked about that. You gotta keep it in there. And when someone comes trying to steal it and someone comes to try to mess it up, you got to push it back and make sure it stays in there long enough for you to bear fruit. Because, see, remember, we read the enemy comes immediately to take it away. you got to keep it in there long enough that it bears fruit. Once it starts bearing fruit, the enemy can't do anything because now it's budding and flowing. But if he can get it out before it bears fruit, and believe me, never forget you have an adversary. He's, sending to get, he's coming to get it. Every time, every time, the word you get today, he's coming after it. And you have to recognize it. Say, oh, 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 no, no, no. Here comes the enemy. I see him coming. Okay, oh, no, 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 I'm pushing back. It's amazing. We can push back on every carnal thing. But when it comes to where God, I tried to hold over, I couldn't do it. But anything, let somebody come and try to take your money. Oh, baby, all of that, every every ounce of you, you would. You, I wish you would. You would go all into that. But then when the enemy comes to try to take the word, we just sit back. I just don't know. I just, I just don't know. I want a pity party. I'm not into pity parties. So we're not going to do the pity party thing. You push back and say, oh, no, I don't, I don't care if it's a it's a mother, it's a father, it's a whatever. Once that word get in, you know how to push back. I don't have to teach not a one person in here to push back. You know how to push back. When it comes to something that you want to push back from. 
It's because you don't want to push back. Because you want it to be gone because you're like, well, I tried, I tried. No, you didn't try hard enough. And let me tell you, if you're not a person that don't try, I don't need you on this team. I need people that can push back and say, you know what, I fell, I tripped, but I got up, I crawled until I got up. See, that's somebody pushing back. Say, like, you know what, I, I fell, but I mean, I, I was drugged, but I kept going until I... Let me tell you, you used to fight like that. You was all on your knees. And they were pulling you apart, and you were still fighting. All the way on your knees, they had to pull you apart. That's called fighting back. No matter what. You have to do that. The enemy, he's you know, but for so many of the years, the, the enemy haven't even had to put up a struggle with you. He just boomed because he's like, you're going you gonna to do the same thing you always done. Go for it. I need you pushing back so that you can arise to what God has called us to do in this ministry. Amen. So we have to let it stay in our walk. We got to let it stay down there long enough that it bears fruit in our lives. Also, we also have to let the Holy Spirit change our hearts. You got to let Him change it. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. He's a comforter. And one of the ways that, listen, He is a comforter. And one of the ways that the Holy Spirit comforts, one of the ways, because there's many ways that He do, but one of the ways that He comforts you is through correction. Know that. See, we all want... No, through correction is all of that. That's the way the Holy Spirit is going to comfort you by making sure that He's correcting you. So I have to allow the Holy Spirit to help me. Sometimes God is trying to uh, help us through the Holy Spirit and we are resistant to that help. We're resistant to it. And he's trying to help us and trying to get us. He's saying, I need you to be where you need to be. And I'm trying to get you to help. And you're thinking of it as harsh, real. And oh, they're too much. And oh, no. Uh. And God, that's, that's you pushing back. And God is saying, no, you're resisting me. I have to allow the Holy Spirit to help me, to teach me, to remind me of the will of God. And he will. He will teach you. He will remind you. Amen. Then we got down to the third one. And this is the one that everybody seemed to have a problem with in the body of Christ as a whole and in this ministry and every ministry. Is that we have to allow authority to change our hearts. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. We have to, you know, we have those that say, mm-hmm, I do what God say, but they ain't telling me nothing what to do. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, you know, I believe some of the things they say, but I don't believe everything they say. See, I won't allow the authority because, see, because your soul. Oh, say, I gotta say it, God. Come on, God, let me say it. Okay, I won't. Oh, you're so foolish because you're looking at. You know, I didn't want to use the word foolish, but I'm gonna use it because God told me to. But uh, the, you was, you're so foolish. You're so busy looking at a person. It's them. It's them. You're paying for it now. <laughs> and, but, and, but this ain't the beginning of your payday. I'm going to tell you that now. You have not got, let me tell you, most of you in here have not even got on the back end. That's coming later. And you like, oh, Lord, I'm in hell right now. Well, well let me tell you. <laughs> Be like that Japanese movie. You in the third hell of the, uh, the whatever. You know, I guess there are sections in hell. You're, because you haven't even got that yet. All because you wouldn't listen to authority. 
every time you don't listen to authority. You're never, your heart is not right. I don't care how sweet you look and how you perfume it up and cologne it up and try to make it new. No. God's not moved and neither am I. We will not let authority correct us. And God said, now, you, let me tell you, it's no way around it. If you got right today and said, God, that's it, you still have set things in motion. You're not, let me tell you, you're not going to get around it like God's going to erase it. It don't work like that. Whoever told you that lied, it doesn't work like that. You are going to go through. And let me tell you, <laughs> I don't care how much your parents try to help you, if that's all it's going to be is a little help. They are not going to be able to save you. I'm sorry. They can try to get you a better job. It won't last, I promise you, because they can't save you. They got to listen to God and see God. Just be still, because you're in God's way. You're trying to do stuff that God didn't tell you to do. God said no, because you're not going to save them. You cannot, because choices that you make from getting out from under authority, you're going to live. You are going to live. And let me tell you, it's okay, parents, love your children. I love my children. Let me tell you, I love my oldest son. But let me tell you, he is paying the price. And he recognizes it. Because you're not going to get around it. Now, I, I, I help him a lot as far as my grandchildren concerned. But what he's going through is his alone. And I'm not trying to interfere with God. It's your, it, it's you, you have to go through it. And he'll tell you himself. I, I can't wait for him to get on that panel. He said, Mom, I will tell anybody. This ain't no plaything. This is, this is not no plaything. This ain't, this is, this. let me tell you. And it, it takes you to learn. But guess what? He's gotten right with God, but he still have to go through. Because he set it in motion. There's consequences for your choices. And y'all don't care what your parents do. I don't care what nobody, I don't care about somebody holding on your baby and doing all that. It won't work either. You're gonna go through. Because you wouldn't be under authority. You're not special. You're not going to get no favors from God. And let me tell you, I'm a prime example. Uh, Isaiah, my oldest son, his father was pastor here. He'll uh, pastor here. His mother is now. And God still ain't showing no favors. You got to go through. You got to press. And guess what? He ain't even on the back end. See, the back end is going to be much worse. That comes years later. You're like, what? Yes. But see, it'll be such a stretch of time, you won't identify this with that. Because it's going to be a stretch of time. You're going to think it's just something else. No, no, no. It's all connected. See, we live in time. The enemy don't, and neither do God. Are you with me? So I have to allow the authority to change my heart. Because God will use authority to point out things in my heart condition that are error. 
You have to allow authority to perfect you, to mature you, to grow you up. You have to allow that. And let me tell you, that was one of our founding pastors. That was his peppy. Let me tell you, he was always trying to minister to these young adults and to the old alike. He was always trying to give them something. And they never could recognize the authority. Most of them couldn't recognize the authority. But you're paying for it now. They just don't want me to do it. I just don't want to do it. I got to go get my wife. I got to go get my husband. Oh, they just don't want me to be married. He told you, and I tell you too. He, I, I'm married. I got who I want. Why do I care about who you marry? You girls in here and the, your founding pastor minister to you and try to tell you, show you how to be young women and, and young men and how to keep yourself and how to walk pissed on it. I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, okay. And God is trying to tell you now. And some of you going to piss on it. Did she say piss? Yes. You just piss on them like, no, I know. They don't know what they're talking about. Because it's, it's always different with them. Everybody thinks it's different with them. And I want you to know it ain't never, it ain't different with nobody. It's the same enemy, and he's going to do the same thing. There's nothing different. You're not special. Just like I tell people about the babies in the back. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. Honey, let me tell you. Let me tell you this so I can help you. Gotta help you. You're in the place of truth. Your baby is only special to you. There's no special babies here. There's no special babies here. I'm sorry. They all poop, drink milk, and whine and cry. You holding on to them is no, no, nothing but hold on to them because let me tell you, you will run their tail back there. You will run, they tell back there. Just hold up. Because new don't last new long. But I want you to know, ain't no, I don't care, all of you that have babies, that's going to have babies, there's no special. They're special to you. But here, they are equal across the board. And whether you take them to the back or hold them in your lap, they still are no special to us. They're just babies. Because we understand and we know that they're not going to always say them little old lovely, little old... You know, that's that easy stuff. You ain't even parenting here. When they're in here, you ain't doing nothing. You ain't even parenting. That's called babysitting right there because you ain't even parenting. No, that's all you're doing is... You know, at least for a year, all you're doing is babysitting. Because you ain't even started parenting. Parenting is a whole nother ball game. And actually, you don't really start parenting until they're about 12. From, from, from the time they're born to 12, you're just nurturing. I'm a mother. No, not yet. Be like you tell my grandson, y'all ready to eat? Not yet. Boy, I'm going to tell you that. No, you ain't a mother yet. You ain't a father yet. Because the old, let me tell you, actually, you know, you said now, oh, it's so hard, is it? No, it, 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 I'm telling you, I promise you, this is it's easy. That's your easy part. You have it easy now. If they're still in your lap, you have it easy. 
And if they're not crawling, you even have it easier. Because you can lay there, walk all around, step over them, and say, I'll be right back. And they can just stay there. They, that's easy. Even when they start walking and running around and you have to run out there, that's easy. But 12 come, you're going to say, Lord Jesus, I want my heart cleansed. God going to say, God going to say, and guess what? That's not the back end. You're going to be like, oh God, no. Because that's when everything's going to change. So you got it. You got you got it easy. Don't think you're doing nothing special, cause I'm not impressed. Cause I'm like you. That'd be easy. See, cause you ain't got to the point where they come in and tell you that thug heathen they have. I love him. You can be like, can I kill her? Can I kill her? No, you can't kill your child. <laughs> well, what can I do? Let's go talk to somebody. We need help. And I'm going to say, oh, no, you don't need no help. You know what to do. Go burp them. See if that works. You better. But, but you guess what? You're not going to listen. And you, you know what? I'm just glad you're here to hear it. Because the devil done already took it out your heart. And that's okay. Because when we sit back and watch the... Because, you know, a lot of us just sit back just, just enjoying the view. Like, get your tail whooped. That's what, you know, so we enjoyed the view. So you're not going to listen. And we just going to enjoy the view. And guess what? We're going to start looking younger and you're going to start looking older. And we're going to be like, what? We're talking about, wow, you look younger than, yeah, well, you know. This is what you do when your heart is right, you know. This is how we do when you get, you know, when you get cleansing and you still got all the contaminants in yours. And you be like, oh, wow. They look. You look cute. <laughs> you know, and then you have to go and repent for lying and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I'm, I, I just want you to laugh through that because we still got stuff. To, I haven't even got to my new stuff. Stop playing. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Again, we must allow authority to protect us as well. You've got to change your heart, but you got to let. Let me tell you, whenever authority gives you instruction, it's only to protect you. Whenever your founding pastor gave you that, it was never meant for anything other than to protect you. Authority is protection. I tell the youth in the back all the time, I said authority is protection. If you want to stay protected, stay up under your parents' authority. If, you're, if, you're, if your parents take you to the movies, that's where you stay. I don't care if your friends say, we can go and come back because they think they're going to pick us up at five. At the moment you leave out of that and get in the car and drive off and everything, you are from up under God's protection. That's when things happen because you have just released yourself. When your parents say, I don't want you doing this, I don't want nobody at my house, well, they'll be out of town. Let me do that. And I'm going to bring them in anyway. They'll be gone before. We don't have to never say anything about it. But God saw it. And don't think you've gotten away. Now, go with me. Well, no, no, no. Let, let's don't go there just yet. But I, you know what I love what the book, the, the Bible says? We're, gonna, we're going on over to Romans. Let's go over to Romans chapter 13. It says that authority, I like it says that uh, authority is not a terror to good works. In other words, authority is not trying to stop you from having something good in your life. It's trying to keep you from getting something bad in your life. 
Authority is not trying to stop you from obtaining a good, good life. Understand that. The Bible says authority is not a threat to good, to the good in your life. It's not a threat. Authority is trying to address the evil things in your life, the things that will cause you to go astray. And many of you have gotten things that have caused you to go astray. See, the adversary wants to trap you. And traps are, listen, traps are not obvious. They're not obvious. Traps are always in a place or in a path that you are inclined to go to. I'll say it again. Traps are going to always be in a place or on the path that you are inclined to go to. Example. Whatever it is that you liked in the flesh, notice, it's going to always be paraded in front of you. Because that's the, that's the path you're inclined to go to. That's the way the, the enemy sets the trap. He said, oh, no, I've got to get them around this. I've got to show them around that. I've got to make sure this is said. I've got to make sure that. Because I know they're used to going around that, that, that. Now, so what authority does it's saying it knows what trap is there and it looks to, to keep you safe. And, the, and, and authority is saying, I know you think what you're doing. I know you think that it's safe because you're used to doing that. Or you're used to going down that path. And authority, because of God speaking to him, is showing you, I know you think it's safe because you've done it before, but I know there's a trap that you don't see. And I know it looks good to you. And I know you think that you've thought it through. But all the enemy knows is that you are inclined to go that way. And the adversary will always set the trap in the area that you're inclined to go. Always. Now, that, now, you, ought to, now you, ought to, you ought to recognize that. He's going to always set the trap in the path that you are inclined to go. Things that you're used to doing, the enemy knows. The things that you're used to doing that kept you in bondage or got you in bondage, he knows. And so he sets the trap. He said, okay... They're going to come that way again because they used to come in that way. And God set authority to tell you. Mm -mm. The adversaries say, yep, they'll be back that way. Do you know in the natural, and, and I was looking at, and I like to go and I, I look at, because that's what uh, our founding pastor, me and him, used to do, and I'm still doing. I got my grandchildren on. You know, we look at all the wildlife stuff, and they got a new series on. But do you know what a trapper, a, a, a trapper does? And I, I, I was looking at it the other day, and, and I was thinking about it. I said, you know, that's true. A trapper, a, the, the natural trapper, he's never going to make a trap in a path that the animals don't go. <laughs> never. You're never going to be trapped. In a place that you don't go. Or in something that you don't do. Even animals in the wild travel similar paths. Do you know that just like there's paths in the sea, do you know there's paths in the wilderness? 
that they always go. That's how trappers come and find it. They look and they say, oh, we see the tracks here. So if you see the tracks there, that means they're used to going that way and it's safe. That's what the enemy said. The enemy said, oh, they're used to doing that. Set the trap there. Because while they're going, because most of the time when you're used to doing something you always do, you're not really aware of your surroundings. You just kind of go because you're used to it. You know, like you go in your house. You're just used to, you know, you just go on in and you just, because you just, it's just something that you just normally do. So it is with a trap. I mean, so it is with going down the path that you're inclined to go to. You're never looking around. But God gave you a church, gave you authority that he can show them what you're going to go get before you get there. And then they come and try to warn you. And what do you do? They can't tell me what to do. It's because you don't see the trap. You mean God showed? Yes. How else is he? He's not coming down. He's going to use authority. He's going to show them. Now, now, he's not going to say, now this is what they're into and this is what they're... He said, no, no, no. He's doing it today. He said, just tell them it's a trap. And I'm sending you to tell them, if you're going the way you normally go and doing what you normally do, know that it's a trap there. Especially when it has to do with taking you away from God. I don't know how else you think you're going to get it. And what a trapper does is he finds the trap. I saw it. He finds the trap that the animals are inclined to go to because why? They saw the footstep. And the trapper understands this, that the animal assumes that it's safe and it's a good route. Why? Because they just walked it yesterday. So it's good. Then the trapper sets the trap. That the, that the animal is naturally inclined to go to. Follow that, follow that path. And without realizing that thing. See, they, see, you won't realize that the path has been changed. Because you won't see the trap. The animals don't see that the trapper have laid the trap because the, the, the trapper is not going to put it there for him to see. What they, they do, they make sure that it's obscured so that they can't see it so it looks like the normal thing. No, ain't no big thing. Yeah, you don't see the trap. And so you go prancing on, doing your own thing, being around the wrong people, talking about the wrong thing, doing your own thing, doing whatever you do. And it springs on you. The adversary tries to trap his church, tries to snare us. And authority says, yes, that looks good to you. But I've been down that path before, or I've got to show me that path. And I want you to know that that's not the way for you. That's not for you. Authority will position us. That is, move us to a place where God can use us. Now go to Romans chapter 6. And let's begin with new information. I want to teach us this morning how to have a heart to obey. How do I have a heart to obey? Now these three lessons, which is our third lesson, they're woven, they're interwoven into each other. See, you're not going to restore your heart if you can't change your heart. 
And you're not going to change your heart if you don't have a heart to obey. Now remember, these teachings that I'm giving you, listen to this carefully. These teachings that I'm giving you is an outline I'm, uh, that I'm leaving you with. I'm not going to teach this until you get it. I'm going to teach it and then you got to go home and you got to do it. Did you hear me? I'm not going to teach this and preach this until you get it. I'm going to give it to you and then send you home to get it. That's it. Now watch this. We cannot be prepared without a heart to obey. God can't use us without a heart to obey. Most Christians, most Christians assume that they have a heart to obey. And you may not. Most Christians believe, oh yeah, I'm going to obey God. Okay. Now, obedience, write it down, is what God uses to prepare us. Obedience. Now, right there, you're having a problem. Obedience is what God, use, God uses to prepare us. Now, listen to this statement. There is something, there's just something about us. I'm mean, include myself so you won't get offended. But which it doesn't matter to me, but I want to include it because it includes all of us. There's something in us that just don't want to obey. Just naturally, just don't want to obey. Now I know what that something is. It's our human nature. But it's just something in us that don't want to obey. It's something about that word, obey. It's just something about that word, obey, that just kind of rubs us the wrong way. Obey. Everybody say obey. I mean, when somebody say obey, <laughs> everything in you kind of go, ooh. <laughs> it's just something about obey. You go, what do they mean, obey? Why do I have to obey? That's just, it's just something in us that obey. If, I'm telling you, even in weddings now, people try to take it out. Because it's that word, obey. It does something. something it's something about that word. <laughs> obey. It just rubs us the wrong way. Before we are told what to do, if it's preceded by, you have to obey it now. You, if somebody put it at the end, you need to obey. Oh, I was good with it until you said that. Because now it took me into another realm. Because that word obey, deep down in your heart, listen, listen closely. See, because this is deep. Something about that word obey. For example, men, especially you men in here. It's some, I'm going to show you. And it don't even have to just say obey. Just anything that means to do that. When we open a package and we're putting something together and it says follow these instructions, it's something about it that makes you think I can do it without it. You don't tell me what to do. I can fix this without the instructions. Because it's just, a, it's just something about... Following, don't tell me what to do. That's why when you get through, you always have three screws left. 
and a deal because why? It bothers you just the fact that it says follow the instructions. See, it's still the same thing. Actually, we're saying obey this. And women, don't, 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 let's not forget you. If your husband says something to you, and it just sounds like it's not a suggestion, you have a problem. Be like, I mean, if, if the voice is just a slightly elevated and it don't sound like a suggestion, I know he don't think I. No, he did not go there. I'm going to show you how it will. Now, this was me yesterday. The GPS can tell you where to go. I'll be like, I think I can turn. It says Seguin here. I don't have to go. It's telling me to go on over there. I said, no. Why don't you just obey? You put it in the GPS. But it's the obey. Don't say that word. Obey. Let me tell you. We'll even go further. You were going to do something. Let's just, for example, you were going to move the lamp off the table. You were just going to do that. Let's just say you're a woman. Woman or man, it doesn't matter. You were going to move the lamp off the table. Let your spouse say, move that lamp. You know, it, now why does it bother you? You were going to move it anyway. But the fact that you told me, and now I, if I move it now, I would have, have to obey you. Now I'm gone. Why did it bother you? You were going to move it anyway. Or anything. That was just an example. But anything. If all of a sudden your spouse tell you to do it, even though you were going to do it, now you mess me up. I don't want you to don't. Because it's going to seem like I'm obeying. You see how much is in your heart? And we take that same principle in the things of God. The same way we react to all of that. We take it right into the things of God. That's why you don't listen to authority. There's something in us. Children, when your parents tell you what you ought to do, ooh, ooh, there's just something in us. It just doesn't. It just doesn't click. The whole reason why children want to be grown is because they think that they don't have to obey anybody. I can't wait till I get grown, so I don't have to obey. Never realizing they're gonna have a supervisor, IRS. They're gonna have, you know, you're gonna have all that, but they don't see it. They think being grown means. I can do my own thing and I don't have to answer to anybody. Mm-mm. You're going to answer to somebody. And then, then, then they get a supervisor and a manager and IRS is on their case and the church is giving them a thought. Everybody, everybody. And that's why we walk around so mad. We like, everybody's trying to tell me what to do. You want to be grown because we think if I'm just grown, nobody can tell me no more what to do. You're here today and God is telling you what to do. He's saying you have to obey in order for your heart to be right. 
But it's something about that word. I can't wait till I get grown. You should say, why? So you won't be up under any authority? You're sadly mistaken. That shows you how immature you are, kid. The government going to tell you exactly what to do. And you're going to do it. There's just something about that word. And if we're honest, all of us have been in that. I don't want to do it now because you said it. And some, it tickles me because some people think they're hurting you by not doing it. <laughs> when you're trying to give them instructions from the Lord. And they're like, I ain't doing that. Okay. Consequences for it. Listen, I'm, I'm going to show you. I'm telling you, it's so deep down in we don't even see it. We can go to the doctor, and we actually know what we need to do before we get to the doctor. And then the doctor tells us what we need to do. When we get out the doctor, we don't, I do what I want to do. I'm, I'll be okay. Because why? Deep down, if I do that, I'm obeying them. See, just a little thing that you think that you're not, but you are. And I'm telling you that same principle, you go right into the Word of God the same way. I said, church, we have to do the hard, unseen work. Remember that? See, this is the hard, unseen work you have to do. The hard, unseen work to have a heart to obey. The hard, unseen work to obey the Holy Spirit. And this is the thing about it, what you can get away with, though. See, the Holy Spirit can tell you something, but because nobody heard it, it takes you longer to obey. You don't feel like you have to obey. Because nobody heard it but you, then the Holy Spirit. Because see, the Holy Spirit talking to you from on the inside. So you can kind of get away without obeying for a while. Because nobody knows what he said to you. I said we have to do the hard, unseen work of obeying authority. Listen, I'll show you. I'll show you how young it started. Uh-oh. I don't want to... Don't have Kelly looking at me undyed and like... Mm-hmm. Now listen, I'm going to show you how young it started. One of the first words little children learn is no. 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 No, 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 no. No. They hardly learn yes until later on. But the first word they they gonna before they know mom. Let me tell. You, and even if they don't say it, but the first word they know is mm. no, 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 no. And let me tell you, they'll just say no. They'll say no to things they want. You want the bottle? No. But they had reaching for it. But they just know the word no, no. Just give it to me. No. No! No! They learn no quick! Already in them not to obey. They be in the crib. No. 
You gonna tell me you hurt? No. You want a cookie? No. But they're reaching for it. But that no is still there. Just give it to me. Some of us are still in the crib. You saying no? Give it, just give it to me. Don't tell me. Write this down. To obey means to listen with a heart to conform and submit. Obey means to listen with a heart to conform and submit. And this is the thing I've realized. If your heart is not right, your conformity and your, con- your submission is temporal. Temporal. You're only going to be good for just a little bit. I'll say it again. If your heart is not right, your conformity... See, you might conform to what I'm saying to do for a minute, but your heart's not right. It won't last. It's only temporal. Your conformity and your submission to it is temporal. It's going to be temporal. Know that. In other words... See, sometimes... We obey because we're strong arm into it. You're, you know, you're, your arm's been twisted. So I'm going to obey. Either by God or man, and then I'll just go on and obey. Sometimes God will tie you up, but then I'll obey. I mean, take Jonah, for instance. In the belly of the great fish, taking in salt water, Weeds wrapped all around his head, wrapped all around him. He had to go through all that. Then he said, okay, okay, I'll go to Nineveh. But he had to go to see, that's twisting his arm. Sometimes that's what God has to do to us. And then sometimes we say, oh, I'm doing what God said for me to do. But we do it with a bad attitude. Mm. Your heart is so bad, my conformity and your submission is temporal. Because now I'm doing it with an attitude. How is it that you're doing it with an attitude? Uh, Let me tell you, having a heart to obey is key. Now I'm about to give you an answer. But then you have to go home and you're going to have to work to get this answer. You've got to work. To have a heart to obey, we must desire righteousness. See, not only try to be righteous, you've got to desire it. You've got to want to be righteous. You have to have a desire. When I say a desire righteousness, I mean you have to have a desire to want to be right with God. You have to desire that. And when I talk about righteousness, I'm not talking about relative righteousness. Righteousness. When I say relative righteousness, I'm not talking about almost right, around the area, but not quite right. No, you're wrong. That's relative righteousness. I'm not talking about that. You've got to be all the way right with God. Righteousness is not horseshoes where you can get close. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. No. You don't get points in getting close. You're either right or you're not. 
That's the way God sees it. Now you see it whatever way you want to. But there is no point with getting close. You're either right or you're not. And what happens oftentimes as Christians, we go down with the thing and we, you know, that we go down with the thing that we're doing right and we declare ourselves righteous. I'm going to show you what I mean. See, when we're doing something right, we like to brag about that. Yeah, I did this right and that right. I did this right and that right. You can brag about that. But what about the things that God has called you to do or told you to do that you haven't done? See, but we don't call that unrighteousness. We just said I haven't done it. But if I did something right, that's righteousness. So I walk around and I say I'm righteous because I've done a few righteous things. But if you ain't done what God told you to do, let me tell you, you're unrighteous. Now, I'm talking about God's term, not yours. I go to church. I pay my tithe. No, I bring my tithe. I give an assessment. And I even do pastor's compensation. Thank God for that. Now, I mean, I do that. I make sure I go to every function. I do everything. Oh, and woohoo and where and hallelujah. But what about what God has told you to do that nobody else knows? Have you done that? See, we can talk about all the righteous things that we think makes us righteous, but God say, but you ain't done this little thing. I told you to forgive. I told you to do this. I told you to call so-and-so. I told you to do that. I told you, I told you to, to come to the meeting. I told you to go to church. I told you to... What about those? I don't count that as unrighteous, but it is. Because he told you to do it. Anything God tells you to do and you don't do, it's unrighteous. It ain't, oh, I just missed it and I'm going to do it and I'm going to get around to it. When I, oh, no. It's called unrighteousness. See, you look at things like, okay, I don't smoke, I don't get high, you know, I do all, and you think that's something. What has he spoken to your heart that you haven't done? But I say I'm righteous. See, you can't do seven out of ten and say it's righteous. It don't work with God that way. Well, I'm doing this much right. That ought to account for something. No. It accounts for absolutely nothing. If you're not doing all of what God said, then you're doing half and doing, doing what you want to? No. It's unright. If God told you a certain thing, you cannot change. Because anything that comes in your life up that, uh, 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 that pertains to what He told you to do, don't you think you act like God's surprised? Like, well, God's going to change now that He knows this happened. As if He didn't know it was going to happen? Whatever God has told you to do and you're not doing you are in the category of unrighteous. I don't care about you coming in this building. Well, God, well, I know God told me uh, that he needed me to uh, teach the word. Well, here? Or you mean in your home? Because you can't possibly mean here. 
Because if he told you that, he would have surely told me. It ain't no way you'll ever get up here and you don't come to church. I don't know what you believe. A minister walked in here the other Sunday and, and somebody brought him up to meet me and he has a church, I think, in Huddle or somewhere. And I don't know, he might be in here today, I don't know. But anyway, and, and so he came up to me and, and he said, Oh, it's nice to meet you, da 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 da, and everything. And everything. He said, Oh, you know what? I want to, uh, you know, I closed my church down early today and I came in here and oh, it was such a blessing and, and everything. And, and, uh, and I was a minister in that day and I said, Oh, well, amen, and everything. He said, Yeah, but you know what? I want you to come to my church and I want you to minister. I said, Well, uh, I said, Well, maybe you need to come back and hear what I minister. And he said, oh, here, you know what, she, he said, oh, I don't even need that. I don't even need that. I can tell. My spirit bears witness with yours. And you know what, and, and I love it here. I can come here. I said to myself, oh, no, sir, you'd never. And I'm like, you would let me come to your church and just preach, and you don't know what I preach. She said, oh, I, I already bear, I could just bear witness that you, you, I, I, I can tell that you, you are there. I said, where's your wife? Oh, yeah, she's at home now. I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah. And yes, yeah, she ministers too. I said, oh. I said, I said, well, you know, I said, well, I, I, I really don't, don't do that. I thought you were just minister to the people here. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to come and, you know, we can, you know, I can minister to you and, you know, because I can, I can go. I can go. I have people up shouting. I said, oh, yeah. I said to myself, you probably won't have people at church and live water up shouting. They'd be looking like, you don't have no notes. <laughs> what we ain't about to jump around? We need some. We need some substance. We ain't about to put a hop around, and you ain't gave us nothing that we can hold on to. And I just, I just left. But, but it goes to show you, people are let anybody come in. I want you to come. I want, I want to set up some time. I want you to come and minister in our church. I'm like, no. Well, first of all, I don't have nothing for your church because God, what God has given me is for my church, and He ain't told me nothing about you were coming. And that you that I need to go there and minister something to them. Hey, I'm, hey, let me tell you, I learned that early from my pastor. My pastor didn't just jump up to know anything, and I don't either. I ain't going to. He said, "My ministry is to the people here. My ministry is to the people here, and I'm not just going there because." And I was like, "My spirit bears witness." I said to myself, "You know what? Amen. I wanted your spirit telling you what I'm thinking right now. I doubt it." <clears throat> Listen, to have a heart to obey, here is key. I'm going to give you this answer and you have to go home and do it. Listen, desire righteousness. Desire righteousness. you got to desire it. You can't do six things right. Nine wrong. You can't judge on where you think your obedience is. No. And say, I'm right with God. I've obeyed in these things. I'm right with God. No. And I'm out of time. And I don't know how long I've been out of time, but listen. <laughs> I love it. God always does that right there, don't he? He'd be like, eh, make them come back. And if they don't, hallelujah. We're talking about an obedient heart. And you know, I love to minister to those that come back at, on Sunday evening because those are the serious ones. And those are the ones that get. So we're going to continue because God is still going to show us everything we need to do to have an obedient heart. You, if you don't have a heart of obedience, 
I'm getting there. No. And, and uh, this is the word everybody likes to use. God's not through with me yet. Yeah. God is probably saying, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm through with you. I am so through with you. Oh, I'm sorry. It was one in here. You are well right. I'm doing just like I did with the computer. But, yeah, you, you, all that. God's not through with me yet. Well, today God has said, yeah, I'm just about through with you. I am through with you. With your foolishness. Time to change. Now, just what we talked about this morning, even though we went back home, you need to go and you need to say, let me, let me put that in. Because we're going to get to the rest of it tonight and you'll know. All those things you've got to put in work in order. You gotta make it work. You gotta do the hard work. We're not gonna go over and over. You gotta do the hard work. You gotta make it happen. You gotta say, this is the change. I have to have this change. I will change. I want to change. God is giving you every tool you need. Let me tell you, watch the trap. Don't, don't forget that. Whatever you're inclined to do, that's where the trap is gonna be set. And God has already showed you today. Avoid, avoid that. So now I know, you know what, that tends to always lead me in bondage. That, and it's a trap laid for me there. I'm going around it. I'm going the other way from it. I'm going away from it. You have to do that. He, he, he just gave you the word to, to, to avoid it. Now if you go straight into it and, say, and do the same thing and the trap is set and you get snared, you have nobody to blame but yourself. God didn't show me that one. Yeah, he did today. Tears don't change it. Do you know how many tears God has seen and heard and smelled and that come before Him? That doesn't change. Obedience do. Don't be afraid of the word obey. Because you're going to find it all the way through your journey in the things of God. Because you're used to being disobedient. But God said, but if you want life to change, just obey. Send to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.